young America, we need to talk. You may think this is uncool. You may even think it is bogus. But I want to tell you about something that has everyone buzzing. Something that concerns mature boys and girls just like you. Something called grassroots. everyone another episode of grassroots podcast as always be sure to subscribe hit the noti notification button be notified for our latest and the greatest episodes um i'm one of the hosts brandon killer bh hall uh now today is going to be a good day before we get into it uh as always make sure to subscribe to our discord make sure to subscribe to our newsletter that's where you're going to get the latest and greatest for everything that we're doing from grassroots as far as content videos interviews and hopefully uh events whenever we get out of covid land <laughs> Uh, so everyone else, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi. Oh, uh, Aaron, you going? Yeah. Hey, I'm Aaron Ashley Simon. I'm regular Nas. And, and I'm in the building. I'm your I'm your host. Uh, I mean your uh, guest. For today. <laughs> it's, I'm so used to hosting my own shit. I'm your guest for today. I'm Ed Lover. How's everybody doing? Peace. Good. 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 Uh, Ed Lover's in the house. <laughs> <laughs> So first off, there's so much. I feel like there's so much to talk about. Um, first, how are you again? How is the family? I know we were talking, and I guess what we do is pre-production as far as like adjusting to COVID and all of the things that are happening over there. So like, how are you adjusting with all this? I get out. Um, thank God I'm in a, in Atlanta, Georgia, where predominantly the weather has been nice, sunny, and in the 70s. So we get out walk a couple miles every day just to breathe, you know. There's still a lot of trails out here. Stone Mountain is open and um, part of the Beltline is open. So there's still a lot of places where we get, get to exercise in and, 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 and walk around and just breathe some fresh air. So the wife is in there right now making macaroni and cheese. So life is good, brother. Soul <laughs> food. What I wouldn't get. Gotta have it. Oh, my God. So uh, now we talked about a lot of different things as far as like COVID, as far as hip hop, as far as culture, as far as just across the board from like, you're, you're looking at your peers and, and, and maybe just the landscape of music and video game culture. Cause we talked a lot about that. What are some of the similarities that you're seeing in both gaming and culture? And then what are some of the things you're, you're still kind of like, uh, that's a little, that's a little weird. I don't know if I'm going to make that transition. I just think, I just think that as African-Americans, in this country, I think whenever we step into something, especially since we are talking about maybe two generations that don't know life without hip hop being on the radio. Yeah. And um, I think once we touch something, we make it culture. I don't think everything is culture. I think we make things culture when we touch it as African-Americans. I don't like to say black too much because I try to stop myself from saying it because there's no place called black. So yeah. we're not from some foreign country called black. So we ain't black. <laughs> we're African Americans, no matter which way you look at it. Africa is the birthplace of all civilizations. So that's the birthplace of us. So being born here in America, I'm an African American, somebody from the Caribbean that's here. Their parents are Caribbean. Still, you could trace those roots back to Africa, but they're Caribbean American. So wherever we touch, we make it culture. We made gaming culture because we jumped into it. And we made it cool. We made it, 
know, everything we touch, we, we put that swagger on it, man. We put that drip on it, and, mm-hmm. and it becomes us. So, uh, you know, there's certain things that I wouldn't touch being a, a seasoned African-American in, in hip-hop. There's certain... <laughs> but I can't say no, because I did it. Like, if you, you go back to early young TV raps, I had a blonde streak in the front of my mm-hmm. hair. So, all the, you know, the different colors of the hair and all of that, and that's just a another play on what we've done already. So I, I don't I don't knock it, you know, them really, really, really super, super tight clothes. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> Get me wrong, I'm not stuck with, with you know, with boot cut jeans on and, and, and uh, flared legs. I still wear my stuff tapered. But that mm-hmm. super tight stuff that Lil Wayne was the doing. Jagging, <laughs> So, so a question about that, right? You're saying that everything that African Americans touch is is we are the culture in the sense that anything that we touch or are involved with, uh, everyone else wants to be a part of. But do you feel like sometimes that we can be our worst enemies with that for this for the sake of like when one person does it, then the rest of us are like, okay, we need to do this, or oh, that person popped off by doing IG lives and DJing DJing on IG lives, so everyone else has to do it. And then when we get into that like rushed kind of habit. It forces everyone else to be in that rush habit. So when we are ingraining ourselves, are we sometimes our worst enemies? Yeah, Aaron, I agree with you 100%. I think sometimes we, as African-Americans, don't know how to think outside of the box. Like, you'll see mm-hmm. uh, D-Nice. You know, D-Nice been around since he was on before me. Yeah. So if you go back and listen to the early BDP records, it's like, yo, what's up, Scott LaRock? Yo, what's up, D-Nice? So mm-hmm. D-Nice been around for a long time. D-Nice garnering 150,000 people on his Instagram Live just inspires other DJs to say, hey, I could do Instagram Live too. But when you sit back and you look at it and leave that to the people that know how to do it. So I turned on Terry Crews' Instagram Live and he was on there DJing. I turned on and it was horrible. And I love Terry. Me and Terry go way back, but he don't know what he's doing. So him and Dion Cole, bro, leave it alone. Leave it to the that know how to do it. Don't rush into doing something because it became popular. Yeah. I think it's also people just trying to figure it out. Like, partially it's boredom. Like, I know a lot of people go live literally just because they need, like, a human interaction. You know what I mean? Like, they're used to dealing with people, uh, you know, every day. And then having that stripped from them, it's like, okay, maybe it's a culture shock. Maybe it's, you know, something else. Do you, what, are, what are some of the other things that you're, I guess for everyone, what are some things that you guys are noticing that people are doing that, uh, like, maybe egregious or out of character? It's like, uh, are you going to talk Podcasting. Podcasting. <laughs> Podcasting number one, super egregious with, with some of these people. And mm-hmm. everybody thinks that they're an Instagram comedian because you scream into the, into the, Screen, it doesn't make you funny, bro. It doesn't make you a stand-up. You know, I've seen a lot of these so-called Instagram comedians get on stage with us on before this whole COVID thing hit and, and get their ass ate. Because they don't have, you know what I mean? They don't know, they really don't know what they're doing. They don't have any real material except you acting stupid on Instagram. That does not make you a comedian. It doesn't make you a, a thought-provoking really from the, a guttural, funny person. I think that's some of the things that are really, really becoming played out, man, and really egregious with everybody's just trying to be super famous for nothing. And now mm-hmm. my question is right now, who are the influencers influencing? Because I can't well, go out and buy the product. Definitely, you're not, 
you're not a real influencer. You're not influencing anybody. And every single person thinks that they, they have a podcast. Bro, you don't know how many times, Keller, that I'm getting requests to be on somebody's podcast. I'm like, no, bro. <laughs> no, you have absolutely no life experience. You have got nothing to say. Why, why would people listen to your podcast? Like, for real. You yeah. got nothing to say. Well, well, thank you for coming on ours. <laughs> yeah. Word. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Killer, you and I go back, man. I know you've been around. You've been around the music for a long time. You got at least 10, 15 years in this. So I know if somebody turned on grassroots, you're going to have something to say because you got that life experience that you can share with people. A lot of these dudes, they just, you know, and and ladies, they just, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a podcast. I'm like, okay, I don't want to discourage you, but you... You don't have nothing to say. Like, why would anybody want to listen? But that's that goes back to Erin, right? Erin does a lot in esports and gaming, right? And a lot of the stuff that she deals with on, like, and I may, I would say maybe even competitive, but just on a, a granular level of people just looking at her a certain way when she has, like, a whole other, like, wealth of knowledge. I think that that's something that people go through every day. I think... I think a lot of it is, is just people just looking at you and, and like people could look at me and say, see tattoos and all this other stuff, but not knowing everything about me. You know what I mean? Right. Do you feel like as time goes on, a lot of those those characters or, or people that uh, I guess portray these images or whatever or in this whole new world, do you think that they'll regret some of those things? Like some of the Absolutely. Made for, for, uh, Absolutely. And, and I think they'll fall by the wayside. You know, you and I have been around hip hop long enough. We've seen these these cats come in, jump into these battles with with dudes. You know, you 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 seen people diss Joe Button from mm-hmm. the time Joe came out, and you know you know what, what happened. Yeah, people yeah, throwing yeah. up at people's houses. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you still ain't famous, bro. So yeah, what did you yeah. what did you do all of that for? If you just be yourself, find something that you like, study it what you like, and be a fan of something first then maybe you could gain some knowledge to know what you're talking about later on down the line. But these dudes are jumping in. There's too many of these beefs going on. And now these beefs ain't like the beefs that we had. These beefs are actually leading to people getting killed. And that's terrible. You know, it's just too much, it's too much crap going on. And you know, it's the real, the real sad thing about this. And, and Erin, maybe you can speak on this from a woman's perspective. There are more women fighting now than guys. There's actually, I actually sat down and did a symposium with the president of Spelman College, and she says the influences of reality TV has made more black women fight each other than any other time in history. Yeah. I just, I just didn't get, Erin, you want to uh, speak on that for a minute, please? Yeah, I think that it's, it's, I think it's a layered thing. I think that our society rewards that behavior and that gives people that attention. And we've seen so many people that literally have gotten famous off of fighting. So people feel like highlighting that content. And and I have to say, even though world star hip hop has been impactful in some ways to the black culture, it's also hurt us tremendously. Because now people view that they value us and value us through content by uh, us, us, us gang banging, us fighting each other, like that's us entertaining them. We, we are consistently boxed into being just a source of entertainment and not having our lives and who we are being valued. And so it's definitely that. And then I also think that, um, I also think it just goes back to people 
don't know how to deal with their own experience and traumatic experiences, right? So look, you got people in the black community that don't, maybe don't deal with therapy, may not have an outlet. And so the only way that they can express whether there's the anger or frustration that they may just put it out on someone else, project it on someone else and want to fight them. But it, it, they may, it may not even have be a good reason to fight them. They just are angry because of how their life right. is. It's, it's so multi-layered. And, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. definitely reality TV has allowed where it's like, okay, you could become oh, yeah. by doing ridiculous things. Yeah, but they're not even smart enough to look at it and say, how come every time they fight, security jump into it? How's this reality TV? I don't have security chasing me around every time I'm getting ready to fight somebody. <laughs> you know, it's not even, they're not even smart enough to understand that that's what it is. It's just a scripted reality television. And they're taking that over into their own lives. Like, okay, she says something. When I see her, it's on. And it's, and it's never been our sisters, man. It's all, our sisters were always the one that's trying to chill us out. From from mm -hmm. acting wild, and now they acting. They are young. These young black women, they acting wild, man. They're and I want to ask you a question. I want to go back to the the music side. What do you? What would you give a, a young artist? What kind of points would you give them to, to ensure longevity? Um, I saw Too Short and E Forty have a conversation on IG Live, and what I took away from the conversation is something that I will always tell a young artist: there's plenty of room. Even if just be yourself, there's room. There's room for you to have a fan base. There's room for you now to make more money than, than we could ever make at the time because now the middleman is cut out and it's just directly between you and your fan base and you can still tour and you can still make money. Be yourself. Stop trying to shoot for something that may or may not happen to you, but be happy and love the music. Do this because you really, really enjoy it because it is a business. So do it because you enjoy it and understand that there's room. Short and E-40 are not Jay-Z and Eminem, but they have cut out a 35-year living. You know, Dougie Fresh said something to me that will always stay with me for as long as I live. He said, Ed, I was interviewing him. He said, Ed, I, I never had a regular job. <laughs> I've been beatboxing since I was 15. I've never had Dougie Fresh has never worked at Burger King like I did. Never. <laughs> that's, all, that's all he's ever done is beatbox. So Dougie Fresh is not—he's a legend, but Dougie Fresh is not. Didn't garner enough money to be on a Forbes list like Dre did, or 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 you know, or Jay Z did. But there's still room for him. Just understand that there's room for you, and you don't have to be Drake, and you don't have to be Wayne. And you don't have to be the Migos and don't get influenced by anything that they do. Don't waste your money going out buying a brand new car because they depreciate. Invest mm -hmm. yourself in some invest your funds in something that appreciates and not depreciates. Take it from an idiot who did that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Don't do it. Stay in your lane and grow your audience. So your audience will stay with you forever. When you start chasing somebody else's fame, you end and then you're gone. Mm-hmm. Ed, let me ask you, because that's that's a funny point you point, pointed out. What's a, what's one of the worst, I guess, that you could even say? What's one of the worst mistakes or... I, I wouldn't say mistakes. I don't believe in that. Let's say one of the uh, life-changing experiences that you've been through that's helped to kind of shape you and that someone else had to show you, like maybe your significant other or maybe like a, a two, friend or family. I, I would say two of them. I got into a... Uh, I got... Well, my wife was my fiance at the time, and she got into an altercation with some girls 
in a club in New York. I don't know if y'all remember this. It was on the news because they, they gave me the perp walk and I was in the paper. <laughs> and the girl was getting ready to hit my my wife in the head with one of them big ass uh gray goose bottles. Like, yeah. like yeah. one of the girls yeah. threw a drink in her face, and the other girl was coming at her with a great goose bottle. I laid her the fuck out. Wow. Mm-hmm. The biggest mistake I made is I should have went to the police also, but instead mm-hmm. I went home. So the girl pressed charges on me, cost me 80 racks in lawyers' fees, and I had to go down and I had to go to Central Booking for and I ended up just getting like seven days of community service or something like that. Because yeah. even the district attorney was like, you had a right to protect, you know, your wife, your wife. being with you from any harm. But that's one thing that I learned is know the law, man, because anytime that you get ready to get in trouble, you have to be able to know how to react and react mm-hmm. quickly. Like I said before about buying a new car, don't, I spent $100,000 on a brand new S550 Mercedes Benz right there with Mercedes Benz in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right there, man. When I tell you I picked the interior, I picked the wood grain, I picked the heated steering wheel, the, the seats had air conditioning. I picked everything that I it wanted. Sounds nice, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Hundred thousand dollar car. I think my car payments was two grand and some change every month. Three years later, I decide I want to coupe. So I go in to trade the car. They offered me sixty thousand dollars for that car. I lost a shitload of money. Don't don't do it, bro. Don't. I will never buy another new car unless I can afford to get it. Not brand new. I would suggest getting a used car. Or and and the lease don't work for everybody either. But I will never buy a new car like that unless I can just go to the showroom and say, here's the money, flat out. And it's mine. It's a waste, man. Your interest rate, all of that, it's, it's, it's a waste. Don't, don't do it just... Because you know, at, at the end of the day, I know friends. I got friends that are successful, pretty successful friends out here, man. And they, you know, part of a Lamborghini club. There's like five or six of these dudes. And uh, honestly, they good dudes, but they're a little lame. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes down to it, you can't take that car inside nowhere with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of dudes do it just to impress ladies, right? That's mm-hmm. what we want to look fly for. That's why we get dripped. That's why we want to look good. We look good for the ladies. But you can't take that car inside of a club with you. Yeah. So who cares? At the end of the day, whatever car you got, if you got a Toyota Corolla, that's going to do the same thing. The, the Lamborghini might be faster than yours and it might get more flash than yours, but y'all going to get to the same destination. So, you know, you got an iffy career. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're the head of a, of a label or like you own a label or own a TV station or something. It ain't like you got Oprah money that you can never spend. You're an artist. I've seen a lot of artists blow money that's not... When you're an artist, it's not guaranteed to keep coming. You're not guaranteed to have that kind of a career. Mm-hmm. A lot of them maybe have two years and then they're gone. We watch them all. You know, you see it on Unsung, what happened in this group or what happened in that group. It's not yeah. guaranteed. What do you think about the whole 6 9 thing, too, though? Like, you see all the speculation. It's like, yo, some people... Okay, say he, he was can I say this some about 6 9 First yeah. of all, I'm from Hollis, Queens, New York. I grew up in an era when there's certain codes and certain morals, even on every level. In the street level, there was certain codes, certain morals. You did this, you did not do that. Mm-hmm. I personally don't fuck with snitches. Yeah. I'm sorry. You yeah. get in the game. You know what part? What's what's the consequences of it? I did my little time in the streets too, just like everybody else did. 
But if I got knocked, I knew that I had to take that and roll with that as a man. You don't, yeah. I don't fuck with snitches. If 51 fuck with them, fine. 50 from Southside, Jamaica Queen, you should know better than that. We don't fuck with snitches. This dude, he shouldn't be on nothing. I, anybody want to buy his records and embrace him, he should be he should be null and void out in these streets because he's a snitch. And there's no two ways about it, bro. You yeah, got involved yeah. with Trey Wade. You knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got knocked. You should have kept your mouth closed and kept it moving, bro. You was a snitch. Hey, where, do you, um, where, where do you think that turn happened in hip-hop where... That's okay for an artist like Six Nine to say, yeah, "Listen, I cooperated with law enforcement, and I'm still gonna come out here and make these crazy records." If he does, if he I have no do. idea, bro. I, like I said, <laughs> it's, 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 it's where did jeggings come from? We didn't, we, you know, I don't know. Where did you connect, man. Maybe jeggings are kind of comfortable, I have to say. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't want to knock nobody, but maybe he wasn't hugged as a kid, or somebody didn't teach you the code, man. I don't. I don't know when that started happening, bro, but snitches, they say snitches get stitches, bro. But we don't, older dudes, man, that, that's been around there, that came through that whole entire crack era, that no preem and no fat cat and the Corleys and no dudes uptown and Boy George and and, and, and Kev Childs and all of them. We don't, we don't do snitches, man. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get that. We don't do snitches. You can't come out and you can't sell me nothing, bro. You a, you a dirty fuck. You can't fuck, I can't fuck with you. Well, they say they say because of the fact of you know the whole um, uh, I guess allegedly from what they're saying they were they, his the, the 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 that gang was trying to kill him and take care of his family or I guess he was trying to take care of his family so that's why people chalk it up to uh, well this one is a little nah different. nah you know why because you was rolling with them that was that was your whole backbone yeah you was rocking with Treyway bro. No matter what they try to do to you, you can't not be a non-gangster and get involved with gangsters. And you making all that money, don't think gangsters going to try to squeeze you? Yeah. You still, you a snitch, bro, because when they had your back, you was all tradeway this, tradeway that. And, and there's a lot of dudes that were scared to eat you because they knew you was with tradeway. Mm-hmm. Right? So so they, they protected you. They had your back. And then you're going to turn your back on them? I don't care. What kind of time you was looking at? You're supposed to eat that, bro. But that just proved that's just they bad for not fuck, for fucking with a non-gangster anyway. So, you know, a little bit moving away from it, but still within the realms of upcoming artists. Uh, we also within like the past five to ten years, we started to see uh, kind of like um, a pull and tug struggle with old school hip hop and more new school hip hop. What was that moment for you or what artists uh, for you changed your perspective of these new artists and the new school hip hop that we're currently in? What was that? Oh, um, the, uh, the, the artists, like I, uh, when I did live, I told them, man, I said, I think the Migos is probably one of the most important hip hop groups in the last 10 years. I think Drake had a lot to do with, with changing my mind. I still think there's a lot of them that's, I would be surprised if they lasted more than three or four years, tops, because they're not really saying nothing. But cats like that that really, you know, garnered a following, came with a new style. Even if I don't, even if it's not my thing, I'm going to respect the fact that you came with a new style and you changed everything. When I think, when I really saw everything change was really when Wayne started to start growing. Like, he started growing rapidly as a solo artist because... 
I ain't gonna lie. I thought Juvie was the man out of that group. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. I was like juvenile. Yeah. Oh my God, 400 Degrees album was fire. I'm like Juvie, mm-hmm. man. I slept. I slept on Lil Wayne. Slept hard on the pillow on Lil Wayne. So I think <laughs> Wayne start was when Wayne started coming through. He started changing it, man. And you saw a whole new generation finally have somebody that they enjoyed. It wasn't about Jay no more. It wasn't about Nas no more. It was about this young dude named Wayne with these dreadlocks and these gold teeth and all these tattoos on his face and everything mm-hmm. else. And he was just living the way he wanted to live and doing things the way he wanted to do. And he wasn't putting on no suit. You know, he wasn't He wasn't nowhere near being corporate yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so he had his own truck set clothing line and he was skateboarding and he was doing what the fuck he wanted to do. He had a crib. He had a skateboard park in the middle of the crib in Miami. I was like, He's changing it. He's changing hip hop. Hip hop mm-hmm. is following. It's young. It's young now. There's, they don't care about Dipset the way we used to care about Dipset. It's 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 a youth movement, and it always has been. It always been youth movement. We was always sixteen and seventeen years old. Remember, mm-hmm. LL was fifteen. He was fourteen, fifteen years old. So mm-hmm. it's always been a youth movement. So you can't get older in a youth movement and get mad at the next movement. Because you had the movement. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think Wayne really, when I opened my eyes, I saw this shit changed. Yeah. For real. Do, do you think that's one of the things that, that kind of separates us, like, as a culture as whole? Like, if, if, if it was, like, uh, new school and old school, were actually able to really connect and, and put out, like, something, you know what I'm saying, or at least support each other a little bit more, do you think the culture as music would be a little bit more impactful than what it is today? Absolutely. The first thing we got to do is show them young cats some respect. Yeah. That's number one. It's not, you, you, this is not Big Daddy Kane no more, bro. Mm-hmm. Show them some respect for them having their stars the same way we had our stars. I can remember when, when, when like, when Melly Mel and them really wasn't feeling what Nas and Prodigy and them was doing. It wasn't feeling what the West Coast was doing. The West Coast had to fight us for their respect. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and it was like that with Scarface and them. When, when, Outcast first came to New York. We was like, man, this country. You know, not me. I always thought <laughs> Outcast was dope. But people was like, you know, that's why Dre had to get up there and say, yo, the South got something to say. Because we wasn't respecting <clears throat> people from different regions. So, you know, now the, the the older cats, man, that's in their late 40s and you 45 years old, Puff just turned 50. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Force Biggie down their throat? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Let them let them live because we lived. We lived. We had flavor in your ear. We had notorious thugs. We had all of that. We had, you know, 22, 22s. Let them have their music. Stop trying to control something that's beyond your control and respect their music, even if you don't like it. I don't want to hear trap all night, bro. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I like some of it. I don't like all of it. What's what's in your playlist, Ed, right now? Oh man, uh, I fucks with Megan Thee Stallion, man. It's something about Megan. I, like. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I really like. Uh, um, like I told you, bro, I mess with like Three D Natia. I mess with her. I'm waiting for Kendrick to drop something new. I'm actually, I have like a thirty-two year old uh, producer from my morning show. I put her on a little Nas X. I was like, it's something about this song. I just found it. I was just scrolling, and he was trending on my iTunes. And I was like, why is this? Who's little? At first, you know, it was Nas. Yeah. 
You you understand, right? Uh, real Nas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, no, I understand. Like you look at Nas. It was the name Nas. As soon as you hear Nas, my ears was like whoop. So I perked up and was like, "All right, who's this cat?" And I started listening. I listened to a lot of the a lot of the females because I've wanted it for so long to be ruled for more than one female. This female's got to be attached to a male crew thing had to stop at some time. I'm so glad that we have so many different city girls with a city girls is the new ratchet ass salt and pepper to, you know, like <laughs> 400 degrees dirtier salt and pepper. You know, I, 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 I listen to all of them, man. I listen to a lot of them. You know, I still fuck with a lot of New York cats that are coming out. I just, I just love all this new hip hop, man. I think there's some dope ass MCs out there and I'm glad to hear them. Do you, you feel think, like women? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you feel like the, the, the women artists, do you feel like they're unifying more now than they were before? Because honestly, Absolutely. a lot of us say that they've been fighting a lot more with Nikki and Cardi. And like, now it's kind of going backwards. Like, oh, it can only be one where we had like, even back then with Queen Latifah and, and every, all of them were supporting one another. But even though pe- all these women artists have their own, there's more of them. It seems like also they're not as together or maybe, maybe is that, that may not be the case. That's a, that's a, that's a lack of maturity. They'll get to a, a certain level when they understand that there's more power by dealing with each other than there is by being separate. You know, it's always going to be a little beef in hip hop. There's always beef in hip hop. You know, it's always somebody think they better than somebody else. That's always the case. But I think they'll, as they grow in business, they'll see, you know, that there's more power in unity than there is in separation. Like one of the biggest, I think one of the biggest disappointments of anybody that really loved hip hop is that that Kim and and Foxy didn't do that Thelma and Louise album that they were supposed mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been massive for the culture. I have, I have a theory about that. I'm gonna ask you after you finish saying. I have a theory about that. Go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. My, my theory is um, the music industry didn't want that to happen because they knew what would happen if those two women did a project together. Think about it. You have Kim and Foxy being at that point some of the biggest artists out, not female artists out. Period. Putting them together with with two competing labels. I don't see they, yeah. they wouldn't do and that. And it gave them power as artists, more yeah. power. Yeah, and, and then they were too dumb to realize that they should stop arguing with each other yeah. at the time. Yeah. You know, that that fight, like that competitive nature of hip-hop is just what it is. It's like the argument, you know, you're not, it's the argument. I, I remember one thing, it's not the argument. I remember one time when I, when uh, a sports writer had asked Allen Iverson, did he respect Michael Jordan? And Allen said, hell no, not on the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said he's on the court. I'm trying to bust his ass. Now off the court, absolutely respect all the man's accomplishments. But when we're on that same court, it's a competitive nature there. You know, so I think with especially with women, it was so at that time that whole crew thing. You know, she was with Junior Mafia and Biggie and them, and then you know that that kick in the door of song Biggie did is all about Nas, and then mm-hmm. it was the firm and all of that, and that crew. It was like, you know. Biggie did the cover of his album with the little baby on it. Nas had put his baby picture on the cover of Illmatic. Mm-hmm. All of that was like that. So I think the guys kind of juiced them up too to be like, nah, this us, fuck them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's what it was. Do you think uh, as far as unity is concerned, like I'm a big movie guy and I know when you did Who's the Man, 
the dope part about that movie was you had so many hip hop artists just make cameos. Do you see something like that happening in the future? Do you think hip hop can get back to that place? I would love to see somebody somebody do that, man. And I, I, I would love to see hip hop get back to that place where where we just can come together and do something for the community, like you know, like they did self destruction and all in the same gang, and everybody put their differences to the side and decided to do something. It was. So easy, man, to get everybody together for, for who's the man. Nobody said no. Mm-hmm. Everybody yeah. was like, the, oh, you know, the only person that's supposed to be in that movie that was not in that movie was Mary J. Blige. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's Mary crazy. didn't, Mary, for some reason, Mary was supposed to sing Amazing Grace in that movie, and Bowlegged Lou ended up singing. She didn't show up. We don't know. To this day, I <laughs> still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We blew a whole day of production waiting on Mary J. Blige. I've never asked her to this day, man, why you ain't why you ain't show up? She just she's the only person that was supposed to be in the movie that wasn't in the movie, but it was so easy to say, hey, could you come jump on and do a cameo? Because it was the way that we supported each other, man. We just it was a lot of love and support for everybody. You know, and everybody was doing movies, everybody wanted to be in the movie. So <laughs> it was easy. Hey, man. Do you think you'll ever get back to, to film in general? Because you're still very active in radio and obviously in culture. Like, but you obviously had a, a nice little run in film. What what did, did you stop for a reason and, and wanted to re, uh, shift your focus, or did you look at it like, nah, I, I, I'm, I'm I I did it and I'm good at it, and I can kind of do it whenever I want. I still I still I still jump in. Last year I did a movie with uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor that was a Netflix thing called Come Sunday. I did that. So I'm still, I'm, I'm out there auditioning, man. Just like, you know, I'm not going in as Ed Lover. I just go in as a, as a person that really likes acting and, and still been taking acting lessons. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was in Chicago. So Chicago was, was hard for a while, but now that I'm back here in the A, hopefully I'll be getting a whole lot more television and movie stuff. But I decided a long time ago, I finished talking to uh, my man that, oh, what is it? Why? He was in a, he's in a wire. He, Played Avon Box there. Oh, um, uh, wait, 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 wait. Um, the light skin cat you talking about? Um, no, 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 no. He played Avon. Played in the wire. Oh my God! What? Wood, he played Wood AZ. Harris? He played AZ and paid him full. That's Wood, Wood Harris. Wood Harris. Wood Harris. Yeah, his yeah. brother Steve Harris. He's from Chicago. And I was talking to Wood about it when he came in to do an interview, and he said, "Man, in order to to push forward with what you want to do." You have to kill Ed Lover. And I was like, what do you mean by kill Ed Lover? He said, you're being prejudged when you go in as, as for an audition as Ed Lover. So I don't even put Ed Lover down mm. when I'm doing anything. I put down Jay Roberts, which, you know, James Edwin Roberts is my name. I put yeah. down Jay Roberts. So I'm not prejudged. I want to be judged as an actor. I don't, I decided I'm not doing no more cameos as me. That's done. I'm not mm. doing it. Because if you get stuck, you know, they like to put us in a box, man. And when you get yeah. stuck in that box, it's hard to fight your way out of it. Oh, let's get Ed to play the DJ. Oh, let Ed play the radio disc jockey. I did that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So how- I love film and television. So for, for, for when you've been expanding your brand, right, um, obviously being in radio, there are going to be moments where you are giving out your opinions, whether it's via podcast, whether it's on a show, or just even your own social media. Um, even though you have a space for you to be who you are and to, and to put out your own opinions, do you feel like that has hurt you in some ways in terms of your brand growth? And how are you able to adjust with it? Or even could you adjust to it? That, that's a good good question, Aaron. 
some point, I think my lack of kissing ass has <laughs> hurt me in some aspects. But when it comes down to it, my friends are the same friends I've always had. And those are my people. And I don't give a fuck if I'm, I don't care if I don't, if the invitation doesn't come for the Rock Nation brunch. You know, I'm not, I'm not like those people that's going to bust my ass to go to the Grammys just so I can stand next to Jay and take a picture. We mm -hmm. on a level where if we see each other, it's like, what's up, Eddie Mac? What's up, Ho? How you doing? Good. And we'll talk about family and kids and shit like that. But we, we not the best of friends. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think people get this business and they get mixed up feeling like they need to be friends with this person or they need to be friends with that person. Mm -hmm. I think, come on, son. If you fuck up, I'm going to call you out on it. And if you don't like it, which was risky. Which was risky. You, you. I'm bringing you it have... back. I'm bringing it back, bro. It's been it, like they asking for it all the time. I'm bringing. Come on, so I just found me a new editor. That was my problem. <laughs> I just found a new editor, and come on, son is going to make his triumphant return. Because every time something happens, somebody hit me and go, "Man, if you need to do a come on, I need to do a come on, son about that shit last night." I know oh, that Teddy Riley? The, the, the Teddy, oh, yeah. oh, my God. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. We were literally just talking about that. Let me tell you something, Ed. I think everyone in here, we all legitimately were waiting the entire week down to 9 o'clock for that battle. And me and you talked about it. I was like, I cannot wait. Sat there, sat there, sat there, sat there, sat there. <laughs> just like okay, that. First time, first time they schedule it, remember it got postponed. The first time. Yeah, it yeah. was ever scheduled. It got postponed. We didn't know at the time, but Babyface had gotten coronavirus, him and his mm -hmm. family. Yeah. So he was re he was recovering, and thank God he did recover, because if that man ain't one of the most prolific producers and songwriters in music history, period, I don't yeah. know what is. So then we get to this, this night, and we all, like, Saturday night, 9 o'clock, I'm hitting people in the Midwest. Yo, it's 8 o'clock your time. I'm hitting people on the West Coast. Don't forget, 6 o'clock your time. Teddy, mm -hmm. going against Babyface. I'm looking at discographies like, oh, I forgot Face did that. I'm looking, at, mm -hmm. I'm looking at Teddy's joints like, yo, when Teddy hit him with the show, I, I'm like, I'm sure Babyface don't know Teddy did the show. I'm yeah. sure Babyface don't know Teddy did How You Like Me Now by Kumo D. Funk, funk, funk. And then, then I know he don't know. Does Teddy hit him with that? It's going to be crazy because Face got mad records. Teddy got a slew of records. They could go slow jam for slow jam, although Face gets the edge on slow jams, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Face's face slow jam game is ridiculous. But the other tempo joints, Teddy gonna kill him with. So it's gonna be a pretty even battle. And to sit through that, watch Teddy come on in the beginning when he was testing his sound, he was playing it, and it sounded great. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then once the battle starts, he sound like he's coming out of a tin can and got 8,000 people in there, and they can't fix it. I was in there sick. I was He talking sick. to Dre. Did y'all see when he was talking to Dr. Dre on the phone? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I watched, the, I watched the entire thing. I watched the entire it, thing. It was yeah. crazy. It's like, it's like when you buy that movie, you open up the cover, and it's the bootleg version. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Did they try to start all over again with the same? With you know the same record? That was the other thing. Happened. Oh, my God. The, the problem mean? was, some, I saw somebody put a post up, and this said it all. They said if doing too much was a person, and they had yeah. Teddy, that's exactly what it was. He got you know, Breon, Breon in the back looking like an idiot. <laughs> you know that was Breon, right? You know that? Killer, that was Breon Prescott. I know. Like a fucking fool. 
Wait, the one who was just like this the whole time? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that was Jamie. Bro, he managed Fox for a while. Man. Yeah, he managed Foxy for like a good, like, well, like four or five years, I believe, or something like that. Yeah, looking like yeah. a straight bozo in the back. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, Teddy, you're doing too much. And Face was just, Face was just, <laughs> face, was, face was playing him, but trying not to play him at the He was face. trying his best not to. Yo, those those are those face oh, I like the way you started that. Yeah, that was uh, dramatic. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> like, oh shit, with the hat and all this, looking like a big ass cranberry cocktail juice. Burgundy, all burgundy, bro. <laughs> and I told people, I said, this is the problem. Babyface was in wherever he was at his little home studio which is closed in, not a lot of echo, mm -hmm. and he just played his music. Teddy's in a, Teddy was in the same space where he did the um, the Teddy Riley and Friends live on his mm -hmm. platform, that yeah. same big-ass studio. It was yeah. too big. Yeah. And they couldn't figure it out. 900 fucking people in there working, and y'all can't figure this shit out? It was, that was, <laughs> now they talking about doing it again. Come on, man. Yeah, they talking about Monday. They're going to they do it Monday. But yeah, they talking about doing it Monday. I like that versus concept. I think when the quarantine is over, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think that part of our, our culture is dope. Like, you put that on a show, and you just have a producer versus a producer in the front of a live audience. Right. Or you have uh, an artist versus an artist and just going record for record. I think that competition in, in our culture is, I think that would be dope. I think that show would be okay. dope. Okay, so let me ask y'all a question. Since I'm the interviewee, I'm about to turn it to the interviewer. <laughs> Who else would you like to see do a versus? Killer. Uh, A-Rap Music and Justice League. Very dope. Aaron? Oh, my gosh. Uh, come back to me. Come back to me. Because I wasn't prepared for this question. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, Ed, I was going to ask you that. You got to you gotta answer uh, uh, last, Ed, because I was going to ask you that. I am. I'm not the real Nas. Who do you want to see? <laughs> I want to see Dr. Dr. Dre versus Kanye. That's my answer right Ooh. there. Ooh. That my That's my answer. You know why I want to see this? Because people sleep on the amount of hits that Kanye West has. Yeah. Kanye got joints. Or... Pharrell versus Kanye West. I I'll give it to Kanye. Uh, I know Pharrell, uh, Pharrell got records, but I would Pharrell. have Nah man. Pharrell I ain't gonna lie. Pharrell got Pharrell got like Pharrell got joints. I don't I don't know that like and, and y'all know I love Kanye, but Pharrell has a different catalog of hits. I, yes. I don't I don't I don't yeah. know if Okay, you start going that Gwen Stefani bag. Yeah, like when you start <laughs> playing records from Gwen, when you start playing all these big uh, clips, early clips records, uh, I don't know. Yo, yeah. he had that one song, Happy. You know, that joint was been playing yeah. for days and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> but you got to understand that that Kanye could go back to that... Uh, Kanye could go back to that Jay-Z and Scarface record. Doing the talk to me, man. Guess who's back? Yes, that's Kanye. Yeah. yeah. Hey, remember, that Kerry Hilson record was Kanye. American Boy for Estelle is Kanye. Oh, shit, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. Woo! Kanye oh, got hit. The him and the, the joint he did with him and... um, It's that, ooh, 
Oh, baby, the Cam Cameron joint. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That, that's down, like and down, right? down and out. Down and out. Down and out. Let's not forget the joints he did for his boys from Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Dilated Peoples, yeah. yeah. Yo. John Legend. Did you do some of John Legend's first album? Was yes. First Kanye got one. Kanye? Kanye? Yep. Kanye got, Kanye got joints with everybody. Yo, what Most, about uh, what about Dirty uh, South Battle? Who, who, who would you want to see? Organized Noise. That organized noise versus probably Jermaine Dupri. Ooh. Jermaine got Jermaine got Jermaine, 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 Jermaine takes yeah, he, he has confessions. I'm like, that's not fair. We're one of the most classic albums of all time. Listen, Ed, anybody that knows me, if nothing else, you can never say anything bad about confessions, fam. Like that album for me, yeah, no, don't, don't. Yeah. I won't be friends no more. Yeah, I'm cool. Jermaine got confessions, bro. That's, 10, that. that's a 10 million seller plus Jermaine did crisscrosses everything crisscross ever did. Plus, yeah. the, plus the biggest record, the emancipation of Mimi is a yeah. Jermaine production. Jermaine got hit suck. Do you feel like he slept on? Do you feel like he slept on or doesn't get the the earned respect? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. JD is a, he's an amazing producer and put him with the uh Songwriter Brian Michael Cox and them them mm -hmm. together. Now, if you want to do something like that, songwriter and producer versus, I would love to see. Let's go, L.A. and Babyface versus Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yo, let's I was go. just oh, thinking that. Oh my god! <laughs> I'll oh give you credit. God. Nas has been saying that since this versus thing. Nas has been saying that. I will give you credit. I'll give you credit. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis versus yeah. L.A. and Babyface. That was more of a of a battle that we should have saw. It probably should have been Teddy versus Jermaine. That was that's what probably what we should have saw. And we should have saw LA and Babyface versus Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. But I would love to see people just, you know, go versus on on artists. Like my man DJ Spinner and Keystar in New York, they used to do all of these, you know, Stevie Wonder parties where they would play all Stevie Wonder. It was, it was called the Wonderful Party. And then he started doing all Michael Jackson stuff, and they started doing Prince. I think he said next weekend he's on live with Spike Lee hosting on his live, and they're doing Prince versus Michael Jackson. That's a that's fire. That's fire. I'm tuned in. That is. But fire. you know what you need? You need somebody from Mike's family, yeah. Tito or one of them, or Jermaine or one <laughs> of them to host it, and Prince's sister, and yeah. they just go joint for joint for joint for joint. Woo! That would oh, be nice. that, that, but that's the stuff that needs to be on TV. Yeah, that's, that's a versus. That's, you're right. That's the that's stuff that needs to be on TV, man. Has anyone done battle rap yet? Nope. No one Everyone's has done battle rap on IG Live? No, ain't nobody gonna do that. Ain't nobody they, gonna do that. Yeah, they too scared. They're they, scared. They, they, they're not gonna jump out on, on a ledge like that. You, you, you figure most battle rappers... They plan for for months. Like right. I've watched, I've watched Surf, I've watched Arsenal. I, I I see what goes into it. It's not as easy as just you know picking up a pad and jumping in. Like they're they're rehearsing, they're practicing, their hand gestures, everything. No one is just about to go get up online and then uh, say, "Hey, who's my random opponent?" Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I don't see, I don't even see even established artists doing that just because there's so much to lose now that this versus thing is just. It, it, it's been built up. Yeah, you're dead. You're dead in the water. If you're an you're established artist, you better come 100% correct or you're going you're gonna to be left for dead, bro. 
Yeah, 100%. Let me tell you my greatest resurrection of a of a career that I've all I've ever seen in the last 10 years is Meek Mill, bro. Mm. Mm, I thought yeah. Drake I thought Drake ended him. Well, the thing I think as we said this before, I think what saved Meek is him getting locked up. That saves Meek. You think so? 100%. Well, the social justice stuff, yeah. 100%. If if that doesn't happen, do I think that Meek would come back? Yes, just because of the type of music that he makes. And even outside of that, as he was releasing records, people were still fucking with him. They they, they just did it from a distance or there was a a line that was drawn. The moment that he, he then gets locked up, and then you start to see all of the loopholes in his case. Then you have the damn near the whole nation, including uh, President uh, Obama, in back of him. That yeah, that'll that'll change your optic. And if I'm Drake, uh, I don't know if I want to really continue this at this point. I may need to chill and, and, and try to figure this out. He's got the nation in back of him. Now. Right, he got everybody behind him, 100. Yeah. percent Also, dreams and nightmares too was Meek Mill's saving grace. It's one of yeah. the biggest pump up sports. Philly anthems out. So you couldn't, so you could be like, oh yeah, that, that, that shit was corny, but you couldn't say that he didn't have a hit because Dreams and Nightmares right. was a hit. Yeah, that's a big hit. That's why I said what a resurrection of his career because he came right back with, you know, you're only as good as your last record. He came back mm-hmm. with a bomb ass gigantic record. Let me, let me, here's another question that I need to ask you guys. What is wrong with Wale? Why he's so dope? Why isn't he bigger than he is? Because you, what we say, or you, you, no, you, you go first. Go first. Uh, because he is someone who speaks his mind, and I think that people in the industry don't like that. And so there's this blackballing kind of thing, or the lack of respect kind of thing that goes on. And maybe there are times where he can speak his mind, and I think maybe there are times where he may want to pull back on it. Um, but I think. People just can't handle it. I think people just can't handle honesty. And people just can't handle someone just really speaking up on things that they don't agree with. And in this industry, it's all about, you know, you guys know, it's partially it's about kissing ass. Like people kiss ass. And those who don't kiss ass, they try to hinder you and they try to put you down as much as possible, even when you're you, less about what's going on behind the scenes. But you still can have your own, you know, you still have your own platform. And still do your own thing. I mean, music. Well, he is. He's doing it with the WWE, with WrestleMania and gaming. Like, Wale is someone who was one of the early rappers that has transformed over into these um, nerd culture or subcultures. It's like him, Lupe, even T-Pain. Like, people still OD, disrespect T-Pain. And I don't, yeah. it still blows my mind how much they disrespect him. And he was so pivotal in the auto-tune usage of, of music to the point where, like, even Kanye was doing similar stuff. And I oh, think yeah. that... Yeah, a whole ass album of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like Wale has kind of, like... I, he puts on music and stuff, but he's really taking the lane of just WrestleMania and wrestling and integrating hip-hop and, 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 and black culture within these other cultures that either don't support black culture and want to keep it out or they themselves don't want to give credit to black culture like still to this day the gaming industry is crazy because people act like black people don't play video games or hip-hop people don't play video games when the best some of the best soundtracks included rap music gta had introduced royce the five nine it was one of the earliest uh music licensing um um examples in, in video games aside from michael jackson's video game like it's just these different things it's like it's like they don't understand that black culture and even hip-hop have always been synonymous with gaming 
But Wally has helped to shed a light on that more, along with like Lupe and a few others. Right. Yeah, I yeah. agree. There's I, a I think MCs. I just don't get it. I think Wale. I think there's just a disconnect, and I, I honestly think it's partially us as consumers, right? And and I'll take it a step further. Uh, the suits in the buildings. I think that a lot of pressure we put on artists, right? Like we put pressure on them to live a certain lifestyle, these certain expectancies of Lupe, uh, not Lupe, um, Wale, he's one of those people where it's like, you look at him, he can rap. He makes great records. I don't think, I think because uh, he is so diverse in some of the things that he talks about, people don't know how to take him. You know, he's very, very deep. He makes really, really good records and he can make really, really good hit records. He has amazing chemistry with some of the artists that he works with, but it's like, what do you get from him? Um, I know he's a wrestling fan. I, I know he's a gaming fan. I know he, he, he's gone off the ledge of times. And I, I've, I've heard him speak really, really educated on, on Black awareness and, and, and cultural appropriation. It's, I think it's one of those things where maybe even for him, he, it's either A, he still tries to figure it out, or he's very content with saying, no, I want to go this route with, with gaming and, and uh, wrestling just because I'm comfortable with it. And I've given enough of my life to the music business where I've, I've lost myself. I think I think you could do a whole case study on Wale. Honestly, I do really yeah. believe that. Maybe we should ask him. Yeah, I'm, I'm. 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 Listen, keeping it all the way 100. I'm trying to get Lupe on the show. I have so many. Wale. Wale. I mean, Wale. I keep saying Lupe. I, I mean, we'll Lupe take both. Earlier. I'll take. Yeah, I'll take both. I, I think I'll Lupe. Take, yeah, one. Another one, one that's misunderstood. I also think. Yeah, yeah. I think they're both so super dope, man. And cultural yeah. appropriation is real out here, bro. They, oh, it, yeah. it's real. They don't, they don't, they don't want to fuck with us, but they want to, they want to be us. Like the um, what did somebody say? What was it, David Schwimmer, when he said he would love to see uh, a reboot of what was it? Was it Living friends? Single? Was that Friends and, and Friends and, and Living Single? When yeah, Prince stole that whole thing from a living single. Absolutely, you know. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't even. He had no idea. Yeah, he had and no it's idea. Still that crazy. It, it, it's always the same thing, but they always end up getting more than what we get for doing the same exact thing that we've done. You know, it's 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 always it was always that same thing. Like I told uh, my man back in the day when he was going at Eminem, I said Eminem is not the problem. It's the it's the culture that allows Eminem to do shit that we couldn't do. That's the problem. It's, it's MTV allowing Eminem to dig a grave and say, I'm sorry, mama, and all that, with your mom's on the tombstone. And uh, You know, no black artist could have did no shit like that. They wouldn't even show straight out of comedy. You know? yeah. Yeah, then they, they, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they try to do something with the grave diggers? Wasn't that Russell Simmons' nephew? Yeah, yeah, when, and when that was RZA. And RZA. Yeah. RZA, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't, let, they wouldn't even let them rock. <laughs> no, nah, they wouldn't let them rock at all. But see, it's, it's not going at the artist. The artist is just the artist. They gonna, the artist is going to push as far as society lets them go. So it's not the artist's fault. You know, it's, it's, it's the system's. It's the system's fault. The only thing, the only difference with, with Eminem is, is Eminem is actually dope. Yeah. You remember, they tried to shove vanilla ice down our throat as a great right <laughs> Great white height, as I like to call him. But, you know, M is dope, so you can't take that away from him. So yeah. what's the line? What is that line drawn between cultural appropriation and appreciation? I feel like sometimes there's that fine line between the two. So what is that line? Like, where do we, where can we say that, you know, this is appropriation versus this is appreciation? I think when you got 
the appreciation comes from artists like M. Uh, appropriation was Vanilla Ice. Um, appreciation was uh, House of Pain, Everlast, Beastie Boys. That was appreciation. Appropriation is Bada Bobby and all of them. That's, that's appropriation. You know, when you come out, you're doing your thing, and you just love the music, and you rapping, and you rapping and doing how, how you feel about rapping or what's going on with you, I just feel like that's appreciation. Like, you grew up with this music, you love this music, you're a part of this music, and that's what it is. You want to be a part of this music. I think when you start trying to be what we are, mm-hmm. then you're appropriating just for the sake of trying to get a little money. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I was um, going to say, uh, going back to that Wale thing, the first time I ever heard of Lady Gaga was on Wale's record. I don't know if she had songs out prior to that, but that's the first time I was like, yo, who, who is this woman on this record? Wally and now she's doing He does put people on. He yeah, works with that, I think, was it, wasn't it him that also with Tierra Whack? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah could have been, yeah. She's she's dope, dope. I, just, I just got up on her sometime last year. She's dope. Yeah. She's dope. Threw me off with the name Whack, because I like a hip hop. But then I started listening to her. I was like, wow, Shorty, Shorty got bars. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that's gonna keep her back though. Cause I don't think a lot of the, the youngest, they just about the vibe. They don't want no bars, man. <laughs> No, it's it's so weird. Like at certain times they'll want bars because they'll take a they'll take a Kendrick, they'll take a a, a Drake, they'll take a, a, a even a, a Nipsey. They'll take that, but then it it's like in waves. Like I was even talking right. about this the other day. Like um, with the God, I'm having a brain fart. Rock Nation dropped with Jay Z uh, project. Think about it. Uh, Jay Luck. Jay Luck. Jay Luck. Thank you. You don't even hear about JLX no more. Think about it. Like for for two weeks, almost three weeks, all you heard was JLX, JLX, JLX. Right. And he's a spitter. And he didn't really, he spit, but I mean, it wasn't, I guess, the consumer's liking. But because of that, people, you don't even hear it about it anymore. But yet you'll have another record like a Lil Nas X or something like that. Uh, something like that. That's one of those boom bap kind of club records that'll take off and then you'll never hear the end of it. It's weird. It's weird, but people still will, will consider that bars versus, you know, the actual bars. Make sense what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't nobody tell me nothing compared to what Jay Electronica is talking about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it is. It's a weird paradox with that age group. They want, I guess it's who they want bars from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like who, who they expect bars from. Like, you know, Tierra White, Kendrick, cats like that got bars, so they expect bars from them. But then I think with Jay Elect, it took so long. Yeah, yeah. You know, it took forever for us. So even mm-hmm. when we was like, he finally dropping a album, like he was known as a spitter for how long? Yeah. So I think that for the for the youth culture, it just passed. They're like, hey, I don't want to fuck about no. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Things you got to understand. Things things change, and then you still got some of the younger end of the demo here. They don't they don't care what Jay Z talking about, man. Yeah, yeah. You can't relate to him. He's he's to a lot of them. Believe it or not, now you know how much I love me some Jay Z. Okay, <laughs> but to a lot of them, he's Mr. Beyonce, bro. Let's keep it the yeah. who it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I saw it on that last on the run two concert. I went to that concert 
in Chicago, that was a Beyonce show, bro. Mm -hmm. Yo, he did Girl Cry, and I think me and three other niggas was saying, <laughs> <laughs> the kids was like, what the fuck is this shit? Why did this bring Beyonce back? Oh, it is what it is, man. You got kids, you know, and you know, once you hit that super, super money range, People ain't trying to hit. They don't, they get mad. They don't want to hit shit. Yeah, they don't. At that point, I, I can't shut the fuck up about my yeah. box. Yeah, I get them. Do you do you feel like do you feel like it was dangerously in love? That project is what turned the tension more towards Beyonce than Jay Z. Absolutely, absolutely. But then Jay, you know, Jay had the four forty four to me was. I would call like one of his. You know, I think every artist has to have a magnus opus. But that's Jay-Z's grown-ass man album. Yeah. To me. That's his grown-ass man album because when you get to a certain space in life in a certain, especially a certain tax bracket, you can't keep talking about moving keys. You ain't moved no keys since 83, nigga. You ain't... <laughs> you may move a piano. They might put a piano in your pocket or something, but we all know you're not doing that. So you got to kind of figure out something else as an artist to say, but still be dope at the same time. But then, like I said, on the flip side of that coin, you got dudes out there that's, you know, they're still in the hood, they're still struggling, they they doing whatever they got to do, so they're talking about what they see around them in the strip club and all that. We we don't give a fuck that you bought Blue Ivy or Basquiat, nigga. We so far away from Basquiat, <laughs> it's retarded. So don't go telling us when this shit appreciate. Blue ain't got to never have to work. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> So you got you got that paradigm, right? So it's it's a lot different. It's a lot different from so a cat that like Jay Elect that takes a long time to come out. And then you got Jay all over your album, who especially these young cats really ain't trying to hear nothing you gotta say. It's it's kind of I don't know if that hindered you or if that helped you. Yeah. Cause we went, we were, I ran to the to the to the phone. Oh shit, Jay Electronica, I'm a, come on, Jay on it. Oh, okay. I thought he was on like one song or something. Yeah. It was almost like a collabo album. I thought it was a Jay-Z passion project featuring Jay Electronica. That's what I thought. <laughs> That's what it felt like to you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just felt like a Jay-Z album with a little Jay Electronica on it. And I was like, if this Jay's, you know, it's just a Lex project, then you should have probably featured one song and then let him rock out on the rest of them and do whatever you want to do with other people. But as it changes and as we grow older, it's just what it is. They live in their life, you know. The baby put that out, my that shit was all over Twitter. Yeah. It was, yeah. He was trending. I was like, why is the baby? I thought it maybe kill somebody or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like the baby. Remember, I tell you, Killer, how much I like the baby? I was like, oh, don't tell me. Fuck some shit. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped the album at midnight. And I was like, oh. And then they start smashing it. That shit is garbage. This is, this is. <laughs> you know how they go. It's different because we had to get a project, right? We had to get a project. Say, back in the days, Fab put out, put out put out a project. We had to go get the project or wait till the quarterly, monthly magazine came out, read their reviews on the project, and then go get, get the album, Ooh. listen to the album, and then you told maybe like five people your opinion on the album. Yep. Now somebody with 16 million followers could fucking destroy your album Soon as you put it out, nobody's going to the store to physically buy that album anymore. So you're already less invested in the artist 
because you're not really spending. You got a subscription to a streaming service. So yeah. you're not really going to the store and buying the baby's album. And that's another thing. Let me y'all y'all more on this shit than I am, bro. Tell me, <laughs> how are these motherfuckers going platinum and ain't nobody sell? How you physically, how do they count? How are they counting this? Well, well, what they're doing, Ed, number one is uh, they're, they're going through third parties. So, like, a good example, just because we're talking about Hove, Hove in releasing Magna Carta did the deal with Sprint. He was already good. Like, he, he had already made his money recouped <laughs> before the album even went live. Just off of cell phones, uh, subscriptions, and, and doing it through... Uh, you know, a company like like Sprint. You know, you buy the song, you automatically get the album. Those are those album sales. Like the artists are now finding ways to do things like that. That's why I think people scrutinize uh, Chris Brown and Drake for for putting out large bodies of work. But if you're playing the streaming game, yeah, I'm gonna put out large bodies of work because it increases my chances of streaming and or garnering some sort of uh, uh, award. It could be a grand so. You mean to tell me they get you get a credit? For your song streaming on a platform, yeah, it's a point system. But they didn't buy it. They did. So if I put on, if I put on Cardi B radio in a in a Chris Brown song, come on, Chris Brown gets a sale credit for that. It's it's less it's less than so a sale credit is is worth more than a stream point. So you only get a certain percentage when it comes to streams and certain streaming platforms. The percentage is like point it could be like point two two something cents it could be 25 cents right? right and that how it builds up and then like usually like spotify's is less because it's it's a bigger platform then google play you can actually get more from the streaming there um and and it's and like in order for you to really make money you have to make like millions and millions of streams it's a it's a it's a really it's not a great system right now they still have to work on it like a lot of artists have been really speaking out about these streaming platforms and how they feel like they're they're taking advantage of the artists and they're not giving them what they've earned that's why you saw jay-z go ahead and make title and, and, and right. do all that stuff with the artists over there um but it's still i mean but every 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 area of, of the music business history we've always seen these issues of certain companies taking advantage of artists and then unfortunately that's going to be a continuing thing and they're trying to fix it uh but i also have a question what, what were your guys opinions on drake's uh tootsie slide like that was something like people felt away because he was doing a song and had a I left, I, 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 straight, I straight left that shit alone i didn't go <laughs> nothing i never seen the video i was like this is some shit that's gonna get on my nerve on instagram Every time I turn on my gram and start scrolling, I'm gonna see somebody doing the tizzies. I never even heard the whole fucking record. Straight up. I was like, uh, that ain't the Drake I like. I'm not, you know, I got everything. I, I got every I still cringe every time I hear Shut say what's that price? I <laughs> every time I hear H to the is L V to the is A Those are records that I Fucking hate dog, and I. So that tussy slide, I was like, "Come on with this shit, you better than that, bro." You know what's doing that for me right now? The weekend, I can't feel my face. That record, I can't hear that anymore. I cannot. Oh, I can't feel my face when yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh my god, I've heard that record I mean, so many times. Me, but Aaron, I have a question for you. Whatever you using, I don't know what you're speaking into, but could you please send the shit to Teddy Riley House right now? <laughs> <laughs> because you sound better than his whole entire fucking stream last night. 
It's a blue Yeti. It's a blue I Yeti. got that. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody <laughs> get Yeti a Yeti, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm using. That's what I'm using to broadcast. Well, now that I'm, you know, quarantined here and I'm broadcasting back into uh, Chicago, that's what I'm using, the Blue Yeti mic. That's the yeah. greatest shit that ever came out. On clean feed, you good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's not that expensive, too. This was no. like uh, 200 and something. It was yeah. not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, please get Teddy one of them shits. <laughs> <laughs> please. Oh, well, I mean, I know we've held you hostage, Ed. Um, thank you, because like you said, I know you don't do this often. Um, my man, bro, so you know that. With us. I really appreciate it. We all really appreciate it. Um, let them know roots. where you can find you. Yes, let them know. Ed let love, people man, know where they can Ed, find Ed, you. Ed Love, on, Ed love on Instagram. Mr. Ed Love on Twitter. Please follow my podcast. Come on, son, the podcast. Um, I'm opinionated as fuck, and I don't give a fuck. So please listen. You, you might learn something. You might agree with me. You might disagree with me. But as long as you listen, I don't care. And the return of Come On, Son is going to happen. The videos, I won't post anything else on YouTube because YouTube like to flag niggas to using other people's content. <laughs> so oh, they do. No, you didn't have. You didn't clear this video. What's up? Fuck that. You know, I'll, I'll be doing it for the grand. So I'll be, come on, son, it's going to come back in a major way for sure. Word, Appreciate word. you having me, man. Thank you. All right, as always, guys, I know I botched the intro. Uh, so we're going to do it a little different this time. So again, thank you guys for subscribing. Hit the noti notification button to be notified for our latest to the greatest episodes. And again, want to thank Ed for coming on. Um, subscribe to our Discord. Can't say that enough. Discord, 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 guys. Please jump in there. Um, we're, it's 24 hours. We have a, a, a lot of fun in there talking about wrestling, music, gaming, culture, everything. Uh, also, subscribe to our newsletter as well. Uh, you'll be up to date as far as events, streams, everything like that. And I'm one of the hosts, Brandon Kilbichall. I'm Mary Ashley Simon. And correction, it wasn't Tierra Whack. Even though while I did give her props on social media, it was actually Meg the Stallion with the song Pole Dancer before she popped off. All right. I'm regular Nas, aka the other Nas. <laughs> yeah, that's the new uh, that's the new alias now, Nas. <laughs> the other Nas. The regular Nas is funny as fuck. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Brass, 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 brass.